Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 241. Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. (laughs) He'd probably pass out if he ever met Michael J. Fox. Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 241 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to me and our guest today, who's actually in the house, literally in the house, my house right now as we record this. None other than my best friend, Chris Ducker from chrisducker.com and youpreneur.com. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm awesome. I'm feeling fantastic. It's very good to be back in the Pat Cave. The Pat Cave, yes. Pat Cave. You know, you've been... A guest on the show before, yep. and I think you have been on the show more than anybody else in the past, and I think maybe you have a leg up because you get access to my house, <laughs> and you get to come inside the Pat Cave, and we just say often, hey, why don't we just record a podcast episode together, which is exactly what we're going to do right now, yep. and we you know, we decided, we were actually talking a little bit earlier about just some of the cool apps that we've been using, cool tools, and we're like, hey, why don't we make that an episode? So this episode today is going to be each of our top five apps and tools and resources that we use to help us in some way, shape, or form in our business. Now, I do want to say before we get started, you do not need and probably shouldn't get all of these apps <laughs> right. that we're about to, 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 to let you in on. But you know, what's one important thing that people have to know when it comes to tools and resources? Because people can become quite tool heavy to a point where it kind of works against them, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've got too many options, you, you just won't use any of them right? Um, My whole deal is that I like to try and get by with as little as I possibly can. Less is definitely more. And that reflects in the way that I run and and build all my businesses, not just with apps and resources, but just across the board. We're very, very lean and mean. Well, not so so mean. We're quite nice. We're quite nice, actually. But we're very, very minimalistic. We don't like to have five things to do one job if just one thing will do that one job very, very well. And so I would say, you know, uh, try and look around before you start purchasing different pieces of software or pieces of gadgetry that you might want to use to, you know, run and, and operate certain parts of your business. And ultimately, yes, you will not need all of the things that we talk about today right now. But you might slowly but surely over a period of time want to introduce them. Right. I mean, we use these for a specific reason, and we're going to tell you what those reasons are, what we like about them, and why you should get or consider getting them. Uh, but again, don't just grab them because we have them. And also, I would love everybody to go to the show notes at some point, perhaps after this episode, preferably, to share some of the apps that are making big changes for you and your business, too. That way, as a community, we can all kind of collectively put all these tools and resources together and perhaps find that one or two that will really make the big difference in helping us reach our goals. So why don't we just get started? Actually, since you're the guest of honor today, Chris, uh, why don't we get right into it? What's the first app that you want to share with everybody? So first thing I want to share is ScreenFlow. Now, I know you were a fan of this yourself. Yeah, I mentioned it before. Okay. But I think it's worth mentioning again because it's such an important tool for a lot of the things that we do online to help build authority today. Yeah. Now, I mean, look, you know, you can go real heavy on video editing. You can just do your webinar recordings. You can do all that sort of stuff. But here's the one thing that I use ScreenFlow for every 
single month. I use it at least once every single month. And that is to record the GoToWebinar meeting that we have inside of the Upreneur community every month, which is our live mastermind call. So members from all around the world will be able to tune in and we go back and forth Q&A. We get members on the call all at the same time. Sometimes they're giving each other advice. Sometimes I'm just giving answers to their questions and, and their ideas. But I recall the whole thing. And then instead of just dumping that file into Dropbox, which, be, which would be after an hour, maybe an hour and a half, a big, big file, mm-hmm. what I do is I actually edit it myself. And because I'm a complete techno idiot, it's such a simple... I've seen it in person. <laughs> yes, you, you, you have seen it on more than one occasion. Because I'm that that kind of tech, you know, prob- problematic, I go ahead and use ScreenFlow because it's so simple. So I just edit out the beginning part where I'm just having fun with everyone and boom, 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 done, export into Dropbox, upload to Wistia and over and done with. It literally takes me no longer than about 10 minutes to cut out the stuff I don't want and go ahead and hit that export button. So it's super easy. ScreenFlow is the piece of software, and uh, you can grab it over at screenflow.com, I believe. I love ScreenFlow because I use it to screen record certain tutorials that I create. Yep. A lot of the tutorials that you might see on my site, for example, at podcastingtutorial.com, they were done and edited using ScreenFlow. Now, some of the video in there was... Uh, recorded using you know cameras and stuff but you can mm-hmm. import those things really yes. easily yeah. and actually even if i don't screen record anything on my computer i still use ScreenFlow for editing because you know if somebody like chris can do it you can do it too <laughs> so sorry but i just had to throw that out there <laughs> we're just getting started people oh, we're God. only in app we've, number one we've got we've got like nine <laughs> more to go it could get so ugly in so many different uh, ways it probably will and uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens but here's another cool thing you can do with something like ScreenFlow, and if yeah if you're a PC user, you can't get ScreenFlow because it's for Mac only. However, there's an equivalent called Camtasia Studios, which is essentially the exact same thing. I think it's Camtasia version 2 right now or Camtasia Studios. We'll have all the resources at the show notes. We'll mention the link again later. Um, but one thing I like to do is if I'm going to be sharing a process with somebody, for example, a virtual assistant or somebody who's going to be doing some work for me, and I want to make sure they do it in the way that I want them to do it. Yep. Instead of just writing all the bullet points down or the steps, I just simply save time and make it easy on myself and that person and just screen record myself doing that task and sharing that task with them on Dropbox. Yeah, exactly. You do it one more time, the last time you ever do it, and it turns into a, a, you know, a tutorial video. You then go ahead, dump that into Dropbox, and you do that with all the different types of things that you want to offload and delegate. And then what happens is over a period of time, you're creating this kind of virtual encyclopedia or a VA training for your assistants and the other people that are on your team. And the really good thing about doing that, actually, and this is very, very important, is that what happens is over that period of time, you create... A this 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 list of videos on certain different processes that you want to be able to teach people. And if at any point in the future, one of your team members decides to move on or, or you ask them to move on, one or the other, you've still got that training at hand. You don't have to do it all over again yourself. And you just hand it off to the person that comes in to replace them and say, hey, today I want you to look at this, this, and this and learn how to do all those things from these videos. So it's very smart to just record these things anyway because you're probably going to need them at some point in the future exactly and it's literally drag and drop easy yeah and very uh, i think you can even export directly to youtube if you want it you to. can you can do that you, um, can. you sign in to youtube through ScreenFlow, yep and it's just very it cuts out a lot of the steps and um i use it myself it's, the, it's very easy believe it or not the latest issue uh, the latest edition of ScreenFlow actually allows you to record from an iphone or an ipad now as well so you can actually end up kind of going straight from whatever's on your your device's screen including audio directly into the ScreenFlow app. So you can go ahead, if you're going to be doing Facebook Lives or Periscopes mm-hmm. and all that sort of type of stuff as well, You can, and you want to be able to capture all the hearts and the likes and all that oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can do all that too. That's cool. Can you, so you can actually, for example, show somebody how to use a particular app. Yep, a walkthrough of, of sorts. Oh my gosh, that yep. opens up the door for so many things oh, yeah. for people to do. So are there one or two apps that are specific to your niche that you could share and become sort of the expert on. And you can use something like ScreenFlow to capture your movements on the screen and certain clicks and actions that happen on on that screen and then upload it to YouTube and there you go. 
Good stuff. Great. So on the topic of editing stuff, I have another tool that I've been using recently. A lot of you know that uh, I edit podcasts quite often, although I've I've handed off a little bit of that editing, especially for Ask Pat to some of my team, which is great. But I've been experimenting and using another tool called Adobe Audition to replace what I was doing before with GarageBand. Now, GarageBand is great, comes free with most devices, I believe, uh, MacBook Pros and whatnot. Um, there's also, what is it, Audacity, I think. Uh, yeah. Audacity is another free tool that you can use. So don't think like you have to get this, but if you're doing any heavy lifting in the podcasting space. For example, you batch process a ton of episodes and you wanna make your process completely streamlined and you wanna be able to make master templates and files and all this more advanced stuff. Uh, I'm using Adobe Audition uh, for that. So it's podcast editing kind of taken to that next level. And yep. so I'm not gonna get too deep into some of the, uh, it's more you just have to look at it and see. And it, there is a little bit of a learning curve, but I found that with my mass production of things like Ask Pat and when I mass produce Smart Passive Income, for the things that I need to do, it makes it so much easier, so much faster. And actually, there's a lot more options to help make the sound even better than, than what it would normally be. Yeah, I, I have not used Audition before, uh, but I have, and I continue to use um, Audacity, actually. What I do is, so I batch my, my podcasting just like you do in regards to either raw solo content mm -hmm. or interview content. And then what I do is I wait until I'm about to sort of send them all over to my editor at the same time, and I record a whole bunch of intros, which is very, very wise to hold back recording the intros because you might want to produce one particular CTA or one particular opt-in option. Uh, maybe you've got a live event, live event coming up. You want to promote that or whatever. So what I do is I just record back to back to back to back to back to back to back all on one file. Mm -hmm. And I just say, this is the intro for episode 189. And then I do it. This is the intro for 190. And I do it. And then my editor just gets one file from me with about six or seven different intros, cuts them all up and boom, we're done. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why I use Audacity is because it's so brain dead easy. You know what I mean? It's such a simple app to use. Right. Whereas Audition, I think, or, or, Audition, Audition, <laughs> Audition, Audition, Audition um, has, I think, way more bells and whistles than the majority of people probably need. Right. I would say that it's comparable to Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere yeah. for video, sure, but for audio. And so, if you're doing, like I said, heavy lifting with podcasting and and more mass production, uh, maybe you have a network of podcasts that you work with. It's a lot easier to work with once you get to learn how to use the software. But I just wanted to throw that out there because there are some advanced podcast users in the SPI audience, which is which is really cool. Okay, let's go to app number three, Chris. App number three would be Slack, um, which has- Are you a slacker? Yeah, bit of a slacker nowadays. I knew it. Yeah, bit of a slack. It shows, doesn't it? <laughs> because I'm so productive, everyone. Um, it's kind of ironic, right? <laughs> it is. It's crazy. the name for one of the most productive tools on the web. Absolutely insane. Um, you were the one that introduced me to Slack. Uh, we were sitting at the table at the first ever tropical think tank at the speaker's table the at the back of the room. In the Philippines. Put my pride. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic event. But I think that one little conversation might have just changed the course of my business above and beyond everything else because <laughs> it has all but completely removed email internally at least how has it done that well because we i you know for the longest time we were flirting with it a little bit and then eventually i just turned around and said you know what we're gonna go 30 days with no email internally my team with members team. okay okay no email at all uh how we, bad was the email at that point when you had oh man it? i mean we we would average pro i mean I'm pretty streamlined with email, as you well know, yeah. right? I've been harping on to you about getting email under control for the longest time, and you obviously have done a great job at doing that. So I've been pretty, I've been pretty good with email for a good four or five years, but it was still pretty insane. Like we were still getting a good, I would say, probably an average, eh, thirty or forty emails internally every day. So this is between team members. Yes. Now that's that's what I would get from my team. Right. Oh, so but you're <laughs> I'm not in every single yeah, email yeah. loop, right? So I would say it was probably double for some people. Um, and what we just said, you know what? 30 days, no email or Slack. If we need to upload any files or attach anything that Slack can't handle for whatever reason, then we just uploaded the Dropbox and copy and paste the Dropbox link inside of Slack. But absolutely no email. And everybody stuck to it. And it's fundamentally changed the course of the way we work with each other. And one of the reasons why I love Slack so much is because their mobile app 
on the iPhone yeah. is mm-hmm. just so easy and gorgeous. Android it's a, too. Yeah, and it's just a gorgeous app experience. I just love using it. So, uh, yeah, uh, if I can do anything to stay out of my inbox, I will do so. Um, and uh, Slack has certainly helped us with that. And I know that you use it extensively as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also shared it with Michael Hyatt, who has now adopted it with, yep. with his team. He said the exact same uh, thing as you. It completely cut out all the internal emails. And so here's the struggle with emails. You know, email communication within your team, that's going to you know, all the emails you get from other people and outside people who want your attention too, it's going to be all mixed in with that. You want to separate out the team communication to a spot where things are easily accessible. Notifications are there. You can create special groups and private chats as well, uh, what they call Slack channels. So maybe you have three different projects that are happening in your business, but not everybody is on the same team for each of those projects. You can actually separate those things out so that you can see all the conversations about project number one and everybody who has access to that. You can see all the conversations about project number two. You can see all the conversations about project number three. And man, it makes it so easy. It also integrates directly with things like Google Docs, so good. Slack, Evernote. And seamlessly integrating as well. Like it's, you not, literally, it's not clunky at all. No, no, no. Like one of my favorite things to do, I have Dropbox set up, which is another great app. It's not on either of our lists, I believe. But uh, Dropbox is great because you can put files there and share them, right? And you get these links very easily that you can share. Well, one thing that I have uh, enabled in Dropbox is when I take a screenshot, it saves it onto Dropbox automatically. And it automatically creates a, a, a link for that screenshot. So I can take a screenshot of anything on my computer. Beautiful. It gets automatically uploaded to Dropbox, gives me a link. Really easy to share screenshots that way. And then what's cool is I can just paste that link right into uh, right into Slack, and then that image shows up because it's connected directly to Dropbox. It's not the link; it's the actual image there. So it makes communication much faster. If we go through any trouble points in our business, that's the tool we use to actually help solve those problems. And that's where we explore and brainstorm ideas too. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I you know I'm always saying that time is our most valuable commodity. It really is, and Slack is definitely a time saver. They also, however. I don't know if you know this, if you guys do this, but in my team, we're kind of nerdy. And I know that Giphy, G-I-P-H-Y, has mm-hmm. integrated with Slack as well. So you could literally type in something like slash Giphy and then any word you want, like cake. Right. And then it'll randomly pull from the Giphy library. Giphy's are animated GIFs and it'll randomly select a cake animated GIF. Yeah, and, and that, that stuff's great from like a team building perspective. Yeah, exactly, I love it. Exactly. I love it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. However, it's gotten to a point where things get kind of crazy, <laughs> but we also separate <laughs> that channel out too. We have a channel called Hashtag Giggles, and that's okay. where we put all those random kind of fun things. Okay. And I don't turn on the notifications for Giggles because I, you know, I don't want those notifications. Right. I have the notifications for the specific projects that I'm working on right sure. now or the ones that I feel like I need to know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. I love that suggestion. Um, another important part with growing your business other than communicating and being a, a part of a team is keeping track of your calendar. And I've gone through recently a big struggle with finding the right calendar because the calendar that I was using, you know, I use Google Calendar, but I, I had an interface that was kind of on top of that called Sunrise, it was another app. And I loved it because it was integrated perfectly with my desktop, integrated perfectly with my mobile device. And it was just such an easy way to schedule and also see what was coming next. I loved it. And then Microsoft bought Sunrise and I was like, sweet, they're gonna upgrade it. All this cool stuff's gonna happen. They ended up killing it. And it was like a countdown every, you know, every week it was like, hey, you guys, two weeks left to use this. Make sure you find oh, a Oh, they were doing that? Yeah. That's yeah. like adding insult to injury, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I was looking around for different replacements. And the one that I found that I, that I want to suggest to those of you who are looking for a calendar, if you use Google Calendar on its own, that's fine. You, you know, you can log into your Google Calendar on the web. That's fine. But I have a specific app that I found that does what pretty much what Sunrise did. And it's called Fantastic Cal. So Fantastical, I think they're on version two right now. So it's like Fantastic and Cal, like calendar, Fantastic Cal. And it does the exact same thing. It makes it really easy to schedule and see what's coming up. They also have a mobile app that makes it really easy as well. And so that's the one I would suggest for those of you who are looking for kind of another interface beyond Google Calendar to really organize your schedule. And you know, I know from you just how important scheduling is because I schedule everything now. I, I'm taking advice from people like Cal Newport, the author of Deep Work, who says, schedule your distractions. 
you know, so my calendar is so important because I schedule everything, family time too, because when it's that time to do that, I do it 100%, whether it's work or business, family, distractions. I'm 100% dedicated to my distractions, but only when it's time. So Fantastic Cal 2 is, is the app that I uh, wanted to share. Yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't even, and, and you know, you've been holding, you've been holding out on me, Flynn. I didn't know about that one. I'm going to go check Sorry. that out. I'm going to check that out. You don't know everything about me. No, I know. I, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Thank good God. So um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I would say also is that, you know, the, the whole kind of I schedule everything thing is something I've been harping on about for years. Like if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. Mm -hmm. I must have said that a gazillion that's, times. Yeah, you, that's where I got it. And I tell you, it bloody works. It really does work. Scheduling that 20 minutes for a quick, you know, midday stretch or walk, uh, scheduling 30 minutes for social media, scheduling an hour of creative work, whatever that may be, blog post writing, video shooting, audio, podcast recording. First, I do all my creative work first thing in the morning before I do anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important. Schedule, schedule, schedule. Uh, the, the more kind of uh, stronger and stricter I am with my schedule, the more stuff I get done. Plain, simple. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whose turn is it now? Oh, it's my turn. It's your turn. Okay, great. So I want to go to, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Do it. And instead of sort of production, production, productivity sort of type stuff, Audible. Ooh. Audio books on my phone. I used to be a really, really big reader of books. Like I would, I would very rarely read an ebook. I, I, I like the idea of being able to see, feel, and touch a book uh -huh. and smell the pages, right? <sighs> Yes. And <laughs> with an ebook, you can't do that. And I don't like the idea of having to get a device with me all the time to and staring at the, you know, the screen and all the rest of it. So I started listening to audiobooks about a year or so ago. And I've consumed more books by listening to them in that year than I have done by reading. I still pick up and read books as well. But Audible for me, particularly as I travel quite extensively as well, uh, it means I don't have to carry those books around with me. And it's just, it's great. I love it. What I really love about it is you can speed that app up and you can yeah. consume that book at twice the speed if you want. And believe me, some book narrators are brutally slow when they read books. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, for my book, uh, which is on Audible as well, Will It Fly? I think yours is, is uh, yours is too. It is. Um, you recorded yours. I didn't record mine. Yes. Did I ever tell you the story why I didn't record my own audiobook? No, tell us. I'll tell you right now. So the reason why I didn't do it is because the book came out April. That was also when I had my first speaking gig of that tour at Google in London. 2014, right? 2014 um, to help start promoting the book. And uh, long story short, um, my publishers started emailing me literally as I was starting my tour. Literally. 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 It's three syllables. It's still. No, just go. go. It's still three no, syllables. They don't um, want to hear this. <laughs> So anyway, um, they, they started, you know, badgering me to record the audio version. I said, well, look, I'm on the road. I haven't got time to get into a studio and do all this stuff. I'll do what I, you know, I'll truly practice what I preach. I'll delegate it. And so I got some other British voice actor dude to read the book. And I've got to be honest with you, it's been one of my biggest regrets mm. over the last few years because, yeah, he did an okay job. Can you listen to the book and learn? Of course you can. But it just, when I listen to it, and I haven't even listened to the whole thing, I've listened to maybe 30 minutes, I'm not exaggerating, because it's my book and I wrote it, to hear someone else reading it, it just doesn't feel right. And I just, as a podcaster myself, I've had yeah. so many people say, mate, you should have read that book yourself. And I should have. And here I am admitting it publicly to a gazillion of SPI listeners right now yeah. well thank you for being honest with that i'm i'm very happy that i took the time to go yep. to a studio even though i have the equipment at home to record why did you do that i well, don't get that because your sound is beautiful yeah thank you i mean i have all the great mics and all that stuff i yeah. could have done it at home however there were two specific reasons why i wanted to do it somewhere else one i knew that if i had scheduled that time in a studio that i would not have any other things on my mind except just to record that book. That's I was, a good point. I was walking into a physical location and I had an engineer in the other room who was like, okay, you're recording this book. I couldn't hop on Facebook or whatever, all these distractions that are available to right. me if I'm in my home office. Secondly, the engineer was really important because he was there to help me make corrections. So as I was recording the book, I could hear him sometimes every once in a while on the little headphones that I was wearing 
oops, you went too fast there. Can you try that sentence again? Oh, really? Again? So he was really listening in and, oh, and yeah. controlling the your, whole your way. pace and the whole thing? The whole way. And there was it was interesting because there were so many times where I didn't think I had made a mistake, but then I absolutely did. Right. Because I was just in the moment of reading the book. Sure. I maybe said two words backwards or mm-hmm. added an S somewhere. And that stuff you don't know until sometimes after you're done with the whole thing. So it was very nice to have that engineer there. Going back to what you had said earlier, actually, you were like, okay, let's move away from productivity. But this is actually a productivity tool, in my opinion, too, because learning from these experts who have gone through years of experience to share their information in books, I mean, that's how you can become more productive, right? And the fact that you can listen to these much faster than you can read. I mean, I read or, quote, read or I listened (laughs) to Elon Musk's autobiography in one day. I would have not had the time to read that. And I could listen while I was doing other things. I was actually cleaning my garage while I was listening mm. to that audiobook. Did he read that himself? Uh, no. Okay. It was Well, it was Ashley Vance who wrote the biography oh, okay. for Elon Musk. And it was actually really interesting to hear it from his point of view. But anyway, the ironic part of that story was I was cleaning the garage out to make room for my Tesla while listening to the Elon <laughs> Musk biography. I thought that was kind of... yeah. Uh, rather meta yeah exactly yeah uh but no i i I love audible i think it's great and i think more people should be open to if they're not already listening i mean you guys are listening to podcasts right now so maybe i'm maybe we're preaching to the choir here sure um but if you haven't i mean you can you can get started right now you get one free credit at audible.com and you can download chris's book virtual freedom or my book uh will it fly for free for your first your first book is free which is really cool yeah Absolutely. So, yeah, great great call on Audible. I like where you're, you're going with that. My whole deal here is that, you know, regardless of how successful you are, regardless of, you know, whatever you're doing and what your focuses are and how you're helping people, leaders need to continue to learn in order to continue to lead. For sure. They really do. And uh, I, I, play a, I place a big premium on, on making sure that I am updating and upgrading myself as much as I can. I love that. Do you make it an effort to do X number of books every month or is it kind of just random? It depends. I mean, you know, some months I'm busier than others, particularly when I'm traveling, I tend to consume more because I'm on aeroplanes right, and, right. and all that kind of stuff. But um, I would say on an average month, I'll consume a minimum of one book, but probably an average of two. And that's usually a combination of listening and reading nowadays. Nice. Yeah, what about you? Uh, it's about one, one per month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a little lazier than you. I've got more time on my hands. <laughs> Here we are talking about productivity. Well, know? I have the book club, and I want to make sure I'm up to date on yeah. a lot of the latest See, books. That, let's just bring that up real quick as well, because I know you, you've, you've been doing that for a while, and I love the idea of it, but when you told me not so long ago that you were about to kind of put your foot down on the gas on that and start taking it a lot more seriously for your readers and listeners, I was happy because there's a lot of people that have tried to do this. A book club? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they fail horribly, right? Because they start with the best of intentions and then after, I don't know, half a year or whatever, they, it just flops. Just as everybody's starting to get into the, the, you know, the groove of reading regularly and all the rest of it. But what I love about you is you take it one step further and just saying, here's my book recommendation of the month and my Amazon affiliate link. Click it. Read the book. Let me have a lemonade on you kind of thing, right? <laughs> but that that you go one step further than that. There's reviews, there's takeaway points and all that kind of stuff that you do as part of that. So you guys tuning in, if you aren't already on that, and I'm not just saying that because past my buddy and stuff, but if you aren't on the Pat Flynn book club list, make sure you get yourself on it because genuinely it will help you understand what kind of books you should be reading when you should be reading them. And more importantly, why and i like that about yeah the that. why is really important to me yeah. patsbookclub.com is a short link to go there so again that's patsbookclub.com one book a month sent to you for free via email and what's cool after having grown the book club list to i think fifteen thousand now fifteen thousand people that's a lot of book. people that's awesome i feel like i have major responsibility there too yes but other people know there's fifteen thousand authors know there are fifteen thousand. so it's giving me a lot of early access to books that people sure. don't even have access to yet because they want to get in front of this this crowd so I've been able to get access to books early before they come out, and I'm able to sort of make deals with the author and say, hey, can you throw in like five, ten free books that I can just hand out to my audience? Yeah, because what author in the world doesn't want 15,000 people to hear about their book right. now from we're gonna get, somebody that they trust? Now we're going to get a whole bunch of people who are writing books to let me know they want to get in the book club. <laughs> just make sure they're good books, guys. Exactly. Got to be good books. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. Thanks for, thanks for talking about that. Yeah, you got it. Speaking of consuming content – 
via audio, I want to talk about a tool that I actually use uh, quite a lot whenever I'm not at home, but I'm working. And this tool is called Focus at Will. <laughs> Love it. Focus at Will.com. I think I paid $2.99 a month for unlimited amounts of uh proven scientifically proven to help you be more productive music and there's all different categories classical acoustical um, you know more electronic type music but th this is music that's gone through a process of i don't even know how they do it to be honest but for whatever reason it just works yeah i mean i listen to this music when i'm at a cafe i don't i don't do well with sort of starbucks ambiance right so you I, don't use this when you're at home right no no i okay. use this when i'm at a cafe somewhere or a starbucks for example sure but i don't use it at home but when i do use it uh, in these places i feel super productive i put on uh, one of the songs uh and then just the playlist keeps going and for whatever reason i just get focused and, and i and i hone in on exactly what i need to be doing and well i think that's what it is it helps you hone in it helps you stay focus on that one thing but how though it's like on. i don't know man messing with your brain i mean yeah they're I mean, messing with our brain <laughs> <laughs> they are <laughs> no so focus at will.com and it really works like i didn't believe it at first i was like really like I, I could just put on any music like why don't i just go on spotify and use like the uh study channel or something um and for whatever reason it just seems to do wonders for my brain and my productivity when i'm in a cafe or at a co-working space and, you know, I think it's always worth a try. I think there's a free trial available too. Actually, let me let me double check that when you get into the next one. But um, I believe there is. I believe there is. Indeed. At will.com. Uh, to boost concentration, um, you can start listening now. I think a uh, two-week free trial, no credit card required. That's awesome. And I'm not, I'm not affiliate. Uh, I'm not an affiliate for them. I just think it's a great tool that you could potentially use. And they have the mobile app, which is, which is awesome too. I love it. Okay, so the next one I've got on my list is, and we're gonna can, can we take a kind of a deep dive? I'll take a deep dive. Why are you talking? That, like I don't that? know. It's my radio DJ. <laughs> it's voice. like your Elvis. Like. <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like I'm having some sort of heart attack. No, so I want to I want to take a deep dive here on something that's super red hot right now: live video. Yes. Okay, let's take a deep dive. So my next app is. Wirecast, okay, by the by the people who also created ScreenFlow. Actually. Indeed, indeed, it is. Now, Wirecast ain't cheap. It's five hundred bucks, okay. I I I believe is there a free there version I'm, I'm with a watermark right or something? Okay, good. But the full version is five hundred dollars. It might be a little less now, but I paid five hundred dollars for it. Um, and this is what I use when I am doing my Facebook Live broadcasts. Now, a couple of reasons why I love using this piece of kit. First and foremost. All right. It allows me to get rid of that square that everybody else uses, or well, not everyone else, but a lot of people use that square when they're uh, on Facebook Live on their devices, on their phones. Okay. So you can go full on widescreen. Nice. And not only that, but you can go full on widescreen with a high quality webcam. I know you and I use both the same webcam, the Logitech, mm -hmm. and it's great. So we're talking to like real high quality live publication right here. Okay. And it also allows you to use whatever microphone you've got plugged into your computer as well. So, you know, a lot of the time when you're looking and you're watching people that are on live video, the audio sucks or maybe the quality of the camera sucks. Okay, if the content is good, you might stick around. But if all these things are that much better, then everyone else is going to love it. And they're going to share it. They're more likely to share it and talk about it and all the rest of it. You know what's also cool about this tool is you can do screen captures, is, yes. which you cannot do on the mobile device unless you point your phone at your computer, which is Correct. Kind of weird. So what I've done a couple of times where I've had webinars coming up that I want to help promote um, without doing a ton of Facebook ads and everything, what I'll do is I'll go live on Facebook, <clears throat> give you know, produce some content, create some content for people to enjoy and learn from, do some Q&A, and then what I do flip flip on my mousey mouse and i've got a beautiful high quality image that goes from my face live to this high quality image with a url and it's kind of it's it's like a commercial break pretty much and i've heard that you can now actually include video clips including audio instead of just a blank image right so you could actually start putting together full-on commercials, like 60-second video commercials. Yeah, you could use ScreenFlow to create those yep. and then plop them into your live broadcast in between it. segments. 
Love it, love it, love it. So Wirecast is 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 my one when it comes to actually publishing my content live on Facebook Live. I like that. Um, the one that is free, that is sort of the alternative to Wirecast, is called Open Broadcaster Software. Okay. At obsproject.com. And it's it's free, but um, you know it's sort of open source, and, and, and that's why it's available like this. But um, it's probably a little bit more clunky because it's not paid to be supported. So just there's forums. You can chat with people in the community over there at obsproject.com. But, um, but yeah, live streaming is huge. Can you tell everybody who's not doing live streaming right now why one would consider doing Well, for me, it, for me, it comes back to my philosophy, that P2P relationship building philosophy, which I know I've discussed on the show before, but for a, a little bit of a recap for anybody that hasn't listened in on our, pers- uh, our past uh, uh, episodes together, P2P stands for people to people. And I truly do believe that people want to do business with other people more so today than ever before. And so, you know, when you talk about doing business with that P2P you know, relationship philosophy in mind, you're talking about busting down barriers, man. You know what I mean? Like building up rapport, gaining trust. They are two of the single most important factors of the overall sales process. And uh, if you don't do it right, the chances are that your sales are going to suffer. And so for me, live video lends something that every other type of content that you might be able to create online just doesn't. It just you, you can't do the same thing even with podcast. Podcasting is incredibly personal. It's long-form content for the most part, and people are physically inserting you into their ears to listen to you nine times out of ten, totally. right? Video, they'll sit there and they'll watch a video from you, but really our attention spans are less than usually five seconds on YouTube and stuff because all the shiny adverts and all the rest of it, you know, unless you've got a really, really rabid community of fans that will sit there and watch every single minute that you put on, you've got to keep YouTube videos relatively short, right? And then, you know, lastly, blog content. Yes, you can get personal by telling stories and and that sort of type of thing. But for me, live video, when you've actually got an audience tuning in live, just cannot be beat for that P2P relationship building uh, setup. It's just, it's gold. And you feel it as a producer and you see the people there, you're interacting with them, they're talking back to you. Um, And even if they're not, you know, they're there watching you. It's, it's It's definitely not like a podcast in that way. No, absolutely yeah. not. And, you know, it's that interaction that builds the rapport, which then leads to that trust, yeah. which is so important. I think if you have, like what you teach a newpreneur, a, a, a brand based on you and your expertise, mm-hmm. you must be doing live video, you in must my opinion. Be. You must be. And, you know, I'll be honest. <clears throat> I don't know when this is going to go live because I'm not sure where you are on your schedule right now. But I am going to be going full steam ahead with live video going into 2017. What does that mean exactly? Well, because I I have done a lot of live video before in the past. I have continued to do live video, but it's been very sporadic this year based on travel schedules and personal, you know, things that have popped up and all that kind of stuff. So when I say full steam ahead, I mean weekly show, graphics, commercials, backdrops, the whole same time every week. Yep. Like everybody yep. Yep. knows when it's going to happen. So li- yep. like your own TV show. Literally like my own TV show. Exactly. That's really cool. It's perfect for an egomaniac like me. Now you had said earlier <laughs> that you, besides being an egomaniac, uh, you are technologically challenged. Yes. How does Wirecast fit into that? It's just very, it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. I've actually even shown my wife how to use it, who actually in some, in some regards is more technical than me. And she's picked it up very, very, very easily indeed. So she's actually going to be my producer. That's awesome. Of the show. So when I'm in front of the camera and the lights and I'm sitting in front of my backdrop, she's going to be on the computer flipping between different camera angles and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be very cool. The chances are the first couple are going to be horrible. But you know you gotta you I mean, gotta do you gotta get going with it. You listen to our first it. podcast episodes. Yeah. Listen to or watch my first YouTube videos. They're gonna suck, right? Yeah. But you just gotta get through those to get to the good stuff. That's what it is. Live video is where it is at, people. And I want to carry on with this little deep dive if we can. Let's go. Can we have a discussion, Mister Flynn, very quickly? Snapchat versus Instagram Stories. Ah, uh, okay. So we're going into the more story-based live slash 24-hour type thing. This is, yeah, here's the thing. When Snapchat, 
got real hot at the beginning of 2016. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, which we, is, it was cool. I loved yeah. it. We all jumped on board, right? And we were like, okay, this is great. But what do we use it for? Well, I decided that I was going to use Snapchat predominantly for showing the behind the scenes of my business life. Right. How I was running my business, what meetings I was at, who I was hanging out with, what I was working on, all that kind of stuff. And I did use it for that. But then Instagram stories came along and I did one test with one snap slash story Posted the exact same thing, pretty much at the exact same time, like within a matter of literally a minute uh, on both platforms. And even though I'd been trying very hard to grow my Snapchat community, um, with Instagram, it's just grown very organically and very simply over a number of years. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was I instantly got about five times as many people watching my Instagram stories as I did my Snapchat. I did the exact same test. Okay. First of all, I was very surprised. I mean, they literally called it stories. So good. Just like I love it. on Snapchat, which was like really <laughs> crazy. Um, I remember Gary's uh, first Instagram story was like, Instagram stories? <laughs> yeah. They call that stories? Or something <laughs> right. like that. I right. don't, you well, I was, you, I was calling my Instagram stories snaps. Oh, I was like, geez. have you seen my last snap on, <laughs> on Instagram? Instagram. <laughs> and I wasn't putting them on Snapchat. So that's how that's how it kind of it, it got ingrained into our skull, didn't it? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, but I did see, I mean, almost 10x the numbers. There you go. And so that just made it plain and simple to me. That's where I was going to do these quicker, shorter, more raw stories that – you know, for those of you who haven't used any of these tools, it's a collection of uh, photos that you take and videos that you collect that all live within a 24-hour time period. And people who follow you or read or watch your stories, they only see the last 24 hours of stuff that you've put up. And then after 24 hours, they disappear. And that's the kind of cool thing. You can really get all the in-betweens. That's what I love about having it specifically on Instagram is Instagram, you get these moments that people choose you know, for whatever reason, maybe they doctor them up or they Photoshop them. You know, it's very perfect, right? right? But then these in-betweens are kind of the full story, which is really cool. Um, so I, I love that. So I'm definitely a bigger fan of Instagram stories. Are you still using Snapchat? I'm not. Okay, I, me neither. You just got to make that decision. If two things are the same and one's giving you better results than the other, you, you have to just say, I'm going to do this one instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember the first person to really talk to me about Instagram was Lewis Howes when he was at Tropical Think Tank uh, in 2015. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, Amy, and Amy Schmidauer tried to get me to use it as well. And she's a br- she was a Instagram brilliant- Instagram or Instagram stories? No, this is Snapchat. Snapchat. Okay. Okay. So I had Lewis harping okay. on at me. I had Amy Schmidauer harping on at me. Um, and then Gary, over the Christmas period, I, you know, he started talking more and more about it. And it was actually at that point my 17 year old daughter that she was able to show me how to use it properly. Lewis had failed. Amy had failed. Not intuitive. No. And my, my daughter was the one that showed me how to do it around the Christmas table after dinner. Yeah. You know, I was kind of hooked like anybody else. And what I really love about these short burst type live video experiences is that they're gone. 24 hours later, they're gone. Um, and I like that. It's like if you want to be in it to win it, you've got to be in it. Right. Like mm-hmm. if if you want to truly see the behind the scenes, if you want to truly get my ramblings and all the rest of it, uh, you've got to follow me and you've got to look every day. And that in itself is P2P on steroids. Right. All those right little there. touch points yep. matter. Huge, huge. So live video, social content, Instagram stories for the win. Can I get a concur? Concur. All right, done. What do you got next? Okay, so next um, I actually switched mid- talk here i'm gonna delete one from my list here and add another one because i think okay you know i wanted to add a tool that was free that was not that and some of these other ones there's free versions of almost them. all of these are free or they've got free versions yeah but there's one in particular that i see and i talk to this about people who show me their business or website it's completely underutilized and that is google uh webmaster tools okay this is one of those things that when you're setting up your website, this is part of the process of, it should be something you do when you set up your website. Yet sure. most people who I check, I say, okay, go to your Google Webmaster Tools. And they're like, what is that? Right, right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much amazing information that you can get about the website that you have. So I'm looking at my stats right now for Food Trucker uh, and foodtrucker.com, one of my niche sites. And I can literally see 
clicks for specific search queries, how many impressions each of those search queries have received, click-through rates, positions for each of those keywords. I can look at internal links. I can also look at other places that are linking back to my site. It's a much cleaner and easier way to see what's going on in your website than Google Analytics. Analytics will give, obviously give you as many numbers as you want deep down, however you divide it or slice it. Sure. But this one is very clear. Here's your most linked content. Here's who links the most. Here are the top keywords. This is also the place where you might have visited some websites or you search for different websites. For example, if you go to Google and type smart passive income in Google, not, on, not in your web browser, uh, in Google, and then you see the first line is smart passive income, right? The first search yep. result, which it hopefully should be. But then you see like four or five links underneath. I love this. Right? Those yeah. links that are underneath that are just making that top result even bigger. Right. And, and it's all about you. It's all about me. The right. about page. Actually, let me do that right now. I want to go to Google and then I'm going to type smart passive income and then see what pages or links pop up below that. So I have the podcast, which shows up. I have my resource page, which is my most profitable page on my website. It's there when people search for smart passive income, even before they land on the page. Um, affiliate marketing strategies, income reports, uh, my about me page. And it also comes, if you are at a certain point, I think you also get a search bar. So mine has a search bar. Oh, for, that's sweet. For within smart passive income in the first search query. Now, what, what gives you what gives you the search bar? Is it like page views or something like that? I have that? no or idea. Honestly, that's up to Google and they change things all the time. Right, but I right, think right, it's right. just an authoritative type of thing. When they know that your site is exactly what people are looking for and they give it to them on the first result, they want to give mm. them as much good information as possible. I like that. And you can determine what those links are using Google Webmaster Tools. So sometimes um, you know, Google will just try to figure it out on their own. But you can actually say which pages shouldn't be that those or which ones should be um, which is really cool so there's uh, i think those are called site links so under the search appearance uh, section category on the left hand side you'll see a link called site links and that's where you can actually go to create those links specifically to different parts inside your website there's also a place that shows you well what's broken uh, crawl errors is going to be one of your most important functions there because that shows you everything that google sees i mean google is where we want to be we're, who we want to be our best friends, right? Sure. And Google's saying, hey, well, this is why I'm not your best friend because these are the things that are wrong. Sure. So go and fix them and things will be better. Um, they'll tell you if something's wrong with your server connectivity or your, uh, you know, a lot of the more technical things. But seriously, really easy to set up. You just put a script that they give you onto your website and then they crawl through it, they find it, and boom, it's connected. After even a week, you're going to see a lot of information that's going to be really helpful for you. Not just fun to look at, but actually, actually things you can take action from. You can use this on any website that's out there. It doesn't need to be WordPress. Nope. Any website, it can be embedded, and that's that. Any website, which is really cool. Nice. Okay, cool. I like that. Let's go social. Can we go social? Let's go social for a bit. Yeah. Meet Edgar. Ooh, Laura Roeder's tool. I love this tool. I love it too. And the reason why I love it is because, quite frankly, it has boosted traffic to my website by, at the last time I checked, probably around 40% over the last 18 months since I've been using it. I can say it's done similar numbers to me as well. Yeah. The reason why is because what I did was I went into my uh, into my archive and I started picking out this content that I worked bloody hard to create and put together we and all do. Uh, yeah and get it out there and I, I just it was I was done thinking well you know wow that blog post I wrote two years ago was so useful why is it not getting any visits buried. anymore right because it's buried behind another two hundred and fifty or posts or whatever it is so bottom line is we got all the goodness out of the archive we spent a few days me and my team putting it all into Meet Etica, categorizing it and all the rest of it and now it religiously gets tweeted and goes up on my Facebook page very regularly throughout the course of the week. And it has done wonders for uh, traffic numbers for my site. And it does this automatically, which is the cool part. So what Meet Edgar does, or Edgar is the tool, I think meetedgar.com yep. is the URL. You can go there. If it's not available yet, you can sign up for the wait list or the invite. Um, I love how Laura runs her software company there. It's it's great. And it's a great looking tool. It's improved a lot over time. If I, had, uh, I was one to have early access to it and I still use it. What it does is it allows you to create social posts on Facebook, 
I believe LinkedIn also, but LinkedIn, def- definitely Twitter, uh, Instagram. Yep. Uh, that includes Facebook pages, Facebook yep. groups. Yep. And you create different categories of these social posts. So uh, what what are some of the categories that you have? And then I'll share some of them. Oh, uh, I have. So I have quote images. I have the same. Okay. I have um, Chris's favorites, which is uh, blog content, uh, podcast content, video content that I personally picked because mm-hmm. I wanted to go on there. I'm very proud of those pieces of works. So I want to get I want to get them out obviously on a regular basis. Um there are uh podcast episodes. There are YouTube videos as a category. There are um obviously blog posts. Uh there are live event video clips as well. So you know all these all things that we do and also you know anybody that knows me knows that I'm all about creating trying to create the best personal brand for myself as well so a lot of time i'll create my own quotables my own uh, kind of uh, uh, you know tweetables and we'll use those in there as well so um yeah i mean overall that's i think off the top of my head that's really all it is but you know what i really love about it is that you know when when i publish something new i go into promo mode okay three four days hardcore promotion all right. But then what happens is we use the same tweets and Facebook status updates that we use for the promo mode. We but we dump a load of them and the ones that work the best because you can get all your stats and everything, we go ahead and plug them into what I call the maintenance marketing mode. And that is then it goes into all the different categories and gets tweeted and mentioned on a regular basis. Um and it just it makes everything so much easier. What's cool about this is it recycles these posts. Yeah. So you don't feel like you just write them once right. and then they go away. Yes. So your quote images, for example, how many uh, do you have in that category? I think I'm at about 150 or, th- or something, including my own ones and other people's quotes. Yeah, about I have about 100 of mine, which I've actually, I just hired a VA to take the quotes that I mentioned at the end of Ask Pat and turn those into quote cards. So I put them all into the category for quote cards. And then what you do in Meet Edgar is you go to your calendar. And you say, okay, I'm going to insert on Sunday at 7 a.m. A, yep. a quote card. Yep. Then at Sunday at 11 a.m., four hours later, I'm not going to do another quote card because I could see it right there. I just did one. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to add a favorite blog post. Yep. And then later that afternoon, I'm going to do a podcast episode. So you can see where these things are happening. And then as the day, days go by, Meet Edgar says, okay, it's uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday. Time to pull a quote card. Let's pull one at random from this category and post it up there which is really awesome. Um, so I have categories similar to yours, favorite, my favorite content. I also have tips specifically, ones that are just really quick tips. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I use, which is uh, done really well, is actually questions. So I actually okay. write, I have. I think I have a hundred. Oh, so the engaging sort of type right. stuff. Right, and this, right. Is, this is where I wanted to finish off with Meet Edgar, and that is automating social media is great. But if you don't follow up, if mm-hmm. you don't respond, if you just ask a question and that's it, uh, it's it's completely automated to a point where it just is not social anymore. It's kind of more robotic. I use this tool to start conversations in addition to promoting old stuff and resurfacing old stuff in my archive, which I think this tool is fantastic for. But I use it as a way to automate the start of conversations. Sure. And then I go in every once in a while, again, scheduled, uh, in into Twitter, for example, and I'll see people talking about some question that I had asked yep. and I actually have to go back and be like, what question did right. had Because you asked? don't know because Edgar's spitting them out right. randomly, but nonetheless, you're getting that feedback and that interaction. Totally. Um, and I, I want to back up what you just said in regards to like, you know, you've got to try and keep it as personal as you can. But we'll also look, let's not beat around the bush here, guys. We are building our businesses. We cannot do it all. It's silly to try and do it all. It's the easiest way to burn out. And so, you know, the automation of something like social media, I think is very important, but with a clear understanding that if somebody replies to one of your tweets that went out automatically and you don't furnish them with a reply yourself, you're on a very slippery, horrible loss of business slope. Um, And, you know, I'm proud to say that I have a a mantra that's uh, no tweet left behind. No tweet uh, left behind. I reply to everybody on Twitter, everybody, even people that aren't very nice sometimes. (laughs) They take, you know, they they, they say I've got a shiny head. Somebody actually said my head is so shiny when they watch me on Periscope, they go blind momentarily. Well, that's why I'm squinting right now. I've been (laughs) squinting this whole time. I didn't know if you knew that, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) He's not, he's not. Is that 10? We have 10? Uh, Let's have a look. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Nice. Should 10. we throw in a bonus? You got one more? Yeah, I got I got another one that I love, um, and that is going to be Rev. People okay. have heard me talk about this before. 
I've used Rev in so many different ways. I use Rev to record my voice. But what's cool about Rev is in one or two clicks, you can have a human being on the other end who works at Rev actually transcribe that audio file for you. Love it. So if I'm on the road and I'm taking notes, maybe a good idea comes to mind. Um, you know, what I do is I often record it using Rev and uh, you know I can do that hands-free, of course. And then when I get home, I just transcribe it and then I go and I, I send it to whoever I need to send to because usually it involves other people's opinions or questions for other people and I need some help or whatever. Uh, I also use it to um, write chapters of my book. I used it when I was starting with the first draft of Will It Fly back in February of 2015. And I was super stoked with how fast I was able to create a first draft. I, I, I can't remember the exact numbers. If you go to SPI TV episode number one, you can actually see me using Rev and how I en uh, end up incorporating it into my book writing process. For the first draft, I mean, I was writing with my keyboard an average of about 30 to 40 words per minute which is not very much, and it's okay. because I was in that sort of editing. Yeah, you're in thought process in thought, mode at the same yeah, time. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm editing as I'm going, and I'm just treating it like a blog post almost. Um, but then when I was doing it with my voice, it was up to 300 words per minute. It's a different ball game, isn't different it? Different ball game. I mean, it, it, uh, that's not to... I don't want you to think I, I dictated my entire book, but that's where the thought and the brainstorming uh, happened and started with Will It Fly? Uh, so I use it for that too. Uh, sometimes people on my team write emails for me and I'll just dictate what I want those emails to say and then my team will take what I had just said and then actually turn it into an email. Uh, sometimes there See, are- these, Let me interrupt real quick and interject. These are the little things that take time. The things that you're sending off to your sending off to your team for ideas and tasks yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, they take time when you're typing them out like that. Oh yeah. To be able to just go ahead and record something real quick and send it off, it's it's a time saver. Right. It really is. Right. I mean, I don't. Sorry even, to cut you off. No, but no. It's important, you know. And, it, and you don't even necessarily have to transcribe them. I mean, you can use Rev to send it to different places yes. too. And yes, you can use your voice memo app on your phone too if you'd like. But I love the uh, the idea of having them trans transcribed because a lot of that text is going to already be there. Um, so I don't know if you do a lot of transcribing yourself uh, or maybe videos, your preferred method of doing similar things. But Video stuff for sure. Yes, absolutely. I also transcribe uh, or, or rather dictate a lot of my blog content as well. So I like to write, but I'm not I'm more of a talker than a typer. Right. And I do like to write, but I'm, I'm more focused around dictating those blog content ideas, even full-blown paragraphs and whatnot, mm -hmm. my VAs will go ahead and then transcribe um, almost all of it. They'll dump it into uh, Rainmaker, which is what I use instead of WordPress. Same, same though. And, um, and then I'll go ahead and finish up the blog content. Nice. You know, one thing I do, I and I've, I'm going to do more of this, I actually record myself practicing my presentations using Rev. Oh, I like that. And then I transcribe it and I read back what I had just said. Because sometimes when you practice your presentations, like this random oh, gold yeah. information comes, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to miss those opportunities to capture that. I love that. Cool. So we got, what was it, 10 plus 1, so 11 apps for you. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Chris, just thank you so much for being here and talking shop with me. I think I just want to remind everybody you don't need all of these apps. And I just want and hope that maybe one of these is going to be a game changer for you. Um, and I definitely didn't use all the apps that I mentioned at the same time or got them all at the same time. You know, it's kind of a one as you go kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, any final words of wisdom before we go off? No, just, uh, you know, do your thing and continue to focus in, guys, on what you're all about, those that you want to serve and uh, understand that whatever it is you're working on, whatever niche you're working in. <laughs> Whatever niche you're working in, the world needs you and your view on whatever it is you're helping people with. So chase it down. Continue to chase it down, guys. Awesome. Love that message. Thanks, Chris. Where can people go and find you if they don't know already? ChrisDucker.com. There it is, people. Thank you so much for listening in. I appreciate you, Chris. Thank you again for being here in my home. And we're going to probably sign off and then go play with the kids if they're yep. woken up. Uh, yet, they're at nap time right now, which yep. is why we're doing this uh, midday. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to mention that the show notes are available for you at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 241. So a lot of links, a lot of resources in this particular episode. So if you missed anything, just go uh, to the show notes. The transcript, as we always do, is also available too. So uh, I want to thank my team for having that available. Also, I want to mention and thank today's sponsor, 
which is ShipStation, ShipStation.com, which is really cool. So if you're selling anything online, uh, you know, physical goods of any type on any site like Amazon or Etsy or eBay, one of the challenges that people have is, you know, getting orders out the door quickly. It's very tough, and that's why you need ShipStation. So what ShipStation does is it's sort of like the hub where you get all the orders from all the different places that you sell into one easy-to-use interface, and then they help you choose the right carrier to get the lowest rate for every single package. I've, I've heard a lot of people using this and having it be one of those things that I, they couldn't live without, so you gotta check it out. So here's a special offer from ShipStation to you. Try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free all you have to do is go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone, and type in SPI. Again, go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in SPI. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Chris. Once again, thanks for being here, my man. I appreciate you. I love you too, brother. Love you too, man. All right, take care, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.